Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy whose real name is Josh Allen, the better Josh Allen, J.P. Shatwick. There is only one Josh Allen. And that's the Jaguars, Josh Allen. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, we've got a busy show ahead of us the next two hours recapping a Jaguars victory in week number nine. CBS Sports senior writer Pete Prisco due up a little bit later. Prior to the Jaguars left tackle, Tony Baselli will join. They'll uh, join forces as always. Both are away from here today. Tony, a lot of times, chooses to join us today, not one of those days. Reviewing uh, week number nine, of course, the Jaguars over the Bills, 9-6. to six. A field goal fest, a defensive gem for the Jags yesterday. Reminiscent of 2017 in a lot of ways. Pressure, takeaways, and got a lot of things done against the top offense, one of the top offenses in the NFL. Social media questions, we've got a boatload of those today, and we'll go around the National Football League in Week 9, and here's some calls from uh, around Radio Crews in the NFL. We're out to Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli, and uh, let's review this one. Of course, the Jaguars, with that win, 9-6, to the defensive performance we really haven't seen around here in a long time. Shades of 2017. Three takeaways for the Jaguars' defense they held the top-scoring offense in the National Football League to six points and just over 300 yards total for the day for the Bills. Would the real Josh Allen please stand up? Jaguars defensive end and outside linebacker after the game said the preparation paid off. Got to make those plays when my plays, you know, when my numbers call. Uh, I mean, for me, I visualize everything. Uh, I'm a visualized person. Uh, I like to speak plays, you know, I like to speak greatness into my head. So, you know, when it happens, I'm not surprised. You know what I mean? So I know I work my butt off. We all work our butts off in practice to get, you know, to get right for this week. And uh, I feel like I had a great week of preparation. I feel like I was in a great mindset and, you know, got to go out there and play. Josh Allen had his career best day on the field. Eight tackles, a career high, all solo tackles yesterday, a sack, Two tackles for loss, a fumble recovery, an interception, his first career pick. And now for the season, especially the last few weeks, it feels like statistically he's really starting to crank up. And Urban Meyer you know, said today that a lot of that the last couple of weeks is the interior starting to play a little better. It's freeing things on the outside for Allen. Either way, he's up to five and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss this year. He's hit the quarterback nine times and really starting to affect things. And he's approaching his career-best single-season tackle total as well. Just a few tackles away from that that came in his rookie season. Of course, last year it was shortened for him because of the knee injury. So he's back. He's rolling right now. He's a defensive captain, and he really led the charge yesterday for the Jaguars. Josh Allen against Josh Allen. It sounded like he just had enough of that. You know what? I've been here a while, too, I think he said after the game. So uh, he went and proved that yesterday, and uh, the Jags defense as a whole had a fantastic day, and we heard from Urban Meyer after the game on that defensive performance. The great defense piece is what saves the day, and uh, we were hoping we'd have a great defense earlier in the year, and at times we didn't play great defense. Um, but the last few games now, our defense has hung in there and done a heck of a job. And when you have injuries on offense, you have a young quarterback, you have this, you have that. Great defense is how you win games and you complement each other. And I thought today was a perfect example of that. 
Yeah, complimentary football yesterday. The uh, you know the offense has a, having its struggles, but here you on the defensive side. If you're watching on Jaguars.com, some of the defensive standouts yesterday beyond Josh Allen, Damian Wilson, and Miles Jack each had seven tackles in the game. Rudy Ford getting a start, only his third career start on defense. He had a couple with some previous teams, but his first for the Jaguars. And what a day he had! A career high six tackles, an interception, three passes defensed. He was signed here as a special teams ace. He's been very good in that department, but there was a need for him in the secondary. He stepped in, and Urban Meyer said today they're still trying to work on the man coverage aspect of his game. Just hasn't been out there a whole lot on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL, but uh, yesterday it looked like he was he'd been out there for a long time. Great outing for him. And then Taven Bryan, the defensive lineman, of course, uh, he's taken a lot of heat over the last couple of years from – Parts of the Jaguars fan base, but two sacks in yesterday's game, part of a four-sack day on Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Now on the other side, well, complimentary football. The offense had some struggles in yesterday's game, of course, to say the least. They were held to a very low total of yardage in the game. They got just enough down the field in key moments to get into field goal range, which turned out to be enough in yesterday's action, Trevor Lawrence's numbers, not ideal yesterday. And, of course, there was the scare right before halftime where he was hitting the ankle, helped off the field, went back, got an x-rayed, came back on the field and, and returned to the game. Trevor Lawrence after the game on that injury and the backup C.J. Bether being ready to roll. Yeah, no, I thought it was a lot worse than after, you know, some time. And we scanned it and it was good and then put a little bit of weight on it. Gradually, I was feeling better and better. Give it a little bit of time, um, it helped. But man, it was it was cool to see CJ go in there and be ready and just threw a couple of great balls. That one to Ag was a freaking dime that he, he threw. So that was that was cool to see him just go in there and, and be ready. It was a dime. Unfortunately, it wasn't caught. The Jaguars could not get into the end zone. Uh, Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli joining us now here on Jaguars Happy Hour after a Jaguars victory. Uh, Pete, Tony, what in the world are you guys laughing at? What? What? Hey, you. What? Hey, you. Uh, me and Tony said it was like the two starters got hurt and the scrubs in right now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Am I the C.J. Beathard? Is that what you're trying to say? That's ridiculous. What was that? I was waiting for you to stop talking. I'm like, golly, JP, that's a big intro. Well, and, I mean, and you know what? You know what Tony said? It was like a week four preseason. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll well, make the roster. Nowadays, Tony. Week three. Yeah, week three Maybe right, I'll yeah. make the roster at some point. Who knows? But I mean, this, this defensive performance is reminiscent of a 2017, you know, taking the ball away, sacking the quarterback. Now let's not put the cart before the horse. There's still a lot of football. They need to go prove it again. But, uh, Tony, that was a great day yesterday. Well, yeah, I mean, I locked it last week. I mean, I told everybody that the, the, the Jags were going to beat the Bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, nobody saw this coming. I mean, how could you? I mean, you're playing the number one offense in uh, football, number one defense in football, and their defense is really good, by the way. Um, but offensively, they were, like, humming. Now, last week, and I think, I think last week, if you turned on that film against the Dolphins, the Dolphins kind of – showed how to affect Josh Allen and that's play some zero coverage, bring more than they can pick up, try to confuse them in the blitz. And I thought Joe Cullen did an outstanding job. I mean, what a game plan and the players executed it really well. One of the most impressive things to me was, is how well they tackled in the open field. So 
They did a great job of confusing, and the offensive line for the Bills did not play well. Um, I don't think jo- Josh Allen was not good. He started looking at the pass rush. Um, he was skittish in the pocket, which is not like him at all. Um, and I think he got confused of what he was looking at pre-snap and didn't get the, the, the offensive line going the right way. Because even when the Jags didn't bring more than they could pick up, the line slid the wrong way. You got three guys coming. Um, and it just made it for – it was chaotic for um, the Bills. And then when they did complete it – and one play stands out to me, and probably like most people are like, oh, it's just another play. Late in that game, um, fourth quarter – they throw the ball to the tight end over the middle. looks like he's going to pick up the, the first down easily. And Damian Wilson comes up and just hammers him and stops him in his track, which you don't see happen often with a tight end and where it ends up being third and two. You know what happened on the next play? Zone read, fumble, We the Jags recover and stop them And as they were in field goal range. There were a number of big plays like that, and I'm shocked because you, nothing – really told you that they were going to have this type of performance. Um, this is a team that a week ago had trouble getting enough, the right guy, number of guys on the field lining up. Now they did play good in the second half and they only gave up 224 yards of offense in Seattle. So the numbers were good, but just from an organizational standpoint, um, you're playing a, a much higher caliber offense in the bills and they were better. They were, and they were, by the way, they were, they looked like the faster team out there defensively. Yeah, but Tony, there were a couple things at play here. Uh, one, uh, look, Joe Cullen had a good plan. Got to give him credit. That was a hell of a plan. But two, that was down to three backup offensive linemen, technically, when the game started. I mean, because Ford was in, in Williams had to play right tackle because Spencer Brown wasn't there. Feliciano isn't there. So the left guard is terrible. And Ford was awful. And they ideally they'd like to have Brown and Williams playing on that right side uh, some where Williams plays guard and Brown plays tackle. So I think Josh Allen went into the game. They were flat too, by the way. You could, some of those routes that those receivers were running early in the game, they were like half speed. They looked like at times. And, and so I think that combined with the fact he didn't play well. You're right. He started getting out of pockets too early, and they didn't run the ball not in a nine six game. You give your running backs nine carries. What is that? Nine well, carries. Get, but, Pete, they couldn't go, get it going. And, yeah, like, I don't want to hear excuses that, that they had three backup offensive linemen. Guess who else played three backup offensive linemen? I know. And they're the offensive too. And, and guess what? Josh Allen was going against their starting left tackle, Deion Dawkins, and played pretty dang well against them. And that's and got some pressure and got a sack. That's where he got the sack, was against their starting left tackle. I, I get it, Tony. But I think that and, 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 lifeless. Well, call it what you want. That's their job to show up and be ready to play. I agree. And by the way, Williams is a right tackle. That's what he's came into this league as, a right tackle. I know. So it's he not like well he's there last played. year. Yeah, it's not like he's never done it before. So I don't buy any of that. I think they were – I put a lot of it on – Like I almost want to say, were they prepped? Did they pay attention? Because, Pete, you looked at the defense, and if you studied the film, you would have been able to tell where the pressure was coming. Not all the time, but a few times. Just by the role of the coverage, obviously there. And the Bills are sliding the opposite way, and the Jags I have know, free and they were leaving I mean, guy free runners. It was amazing. And, and Rudy and Ford came a, a lot off the slot corner. He came a bunch. Two, two things. I'll get to Rudy Ford in a second. And you bring up the run game. I agree with you. Nine times is ridiculous. But here's the deal. They couldn't run the ball. They were getting their tails beat up front. And uh, Roy uh, Robertson-Harris played great against the run. 
I and he got, pushed, he got pushed in the past. That's why they signed him. He played outstanding. No, it's not going to show up in the stats book. Malcolm Brown played great interior. Not going to show up in the stats book, but they could not run the ball at all. And Damian Wilson and Rudy Ford and Miles Jack and those guys are coming free and making all kinds of play, play, uh, plays. And when you talk about Rudy Ford, you know, Urban had talked about it. You saw it in special teams. He's one of the faster guys on the team. And you saw in special teams, he'd be flying around. I mean, he, he's unblockable as a gunner. And he brings some suddenness and some speed to that defense. And if he can figure out to play a little bit of man coverage, they might have something in the nickel because on the interception he had, he's playing Cole Beasley. He was he beat. Oh, let me, let me finish. That's what I'm about to say. It's a great option route by Cole Beasley. And Cole Beasley in the slot is so hard to cover. Josh Allen is a half a tick late getting it to Beasley. Did you see the recovery by Rudy Ford and plant his plant his foot and accelerate through the ball to catch that ball? And so, yes, he was beat initially, but the athletic ability and the ability to recover, which you know, Pete, as well as anybody in this league, is half the battle because they're not always going to see you right away. If you get beat immediately, recover. And that play, I thought, was outstanding by Rudy Ford. Yeah, he's... He gives them a little pop in that position. I don't know if he can turn and run. You know what I mean? When he's in a man, like if you get Beasley consistently lined up on him, he's going to beat him. But they did. They got creative with it. They played. They dropped him in the spot zone. They 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 came a bunch in the slot corner, which I thought was really good. Even when he was picked up a couple times, I think that was good. Um, I, yeah, I th- I like what I saw from him. He was active. And that, that's probably the word, right? Active. He was much more active than most people in that slot. And, you know, I always watch, as I'm watching the tape, I'm saying, I always watch, they see what, if they, if, uh, if Josh Allen or the opposing quarterback missed anything, or their guys wide open and they just didn't see it. And I only saw, I saw two, Pete. One, they had the wrong protection, they went the wrong way, and we had a free rusher. If they block it right, they have a first down about 15, 20 yards down the middle of the field in the third quarter as they're going down, uh, and it would have been a first down. But the pressure got there, Josh Allen could never get there. And it was because of bad protection. In the fourth quarter, and I, and I think it was Gabriel, Gabriel, they're in a zone coverage. It looks like it's too high, and the half safety bites on the, uh, the seam route, and they have Gabriel going wide open down the sideline. It's a touchdown, or it's way down there. And Josh Allen going, ne- going this way. Go, in fourth quarter, yep. And Josh Allen never looks. Never saw and him. I'm telling you. And the pressure got to Josh Allen. He did not have to move out of the pocket sometimes, but he got. But there was so much push so often. The blitz was coming. He started looking and moving around. And so I thought the secondary played great. Outside of that one play at the, in the fourth quarter where Gabriel's wide open and looked like a little bit of a bad read or a busted coverage, outside of that, they were locked down on those guys, Pete. Tyson and Campbell had his best game. Yeah. That was yeah. his best I, game. And I didn't think they were going to be able to. They were no. locked down on those guys. I mean, so – Defensively, if they can play, listen, they're not going to play. They're not going to put whole teams to six points. That just doesn't happen in this league anymore very often. But if they can keep them seventeen to twenty-four, you're going to win some football games yeah. when you when you play that type of defense. And uh, and didn't you get the sense yesterday, Pete, that this was the first game where Joe Joe Cohen called the type of game he really wants to call? And I right. wonder. And I wonder if it's like. Hey, we're going in. We're fourteen point dogs. No one thinks we're gonna win. Let's dial it I'm up. gonna just go call. I'm just gonna yeah. go. And I think this is how they should play. I think that's how. One, 
I still don't think they're good enough just four-man rush consistently to get there. Josh Allen is playing better and better, and he's winning more. Duan Smoot is a very good two-way player. Not a great pass rusher, but when you run and pass together, he is a starter in this league. But outside that, they're not – you know, Taven Bryant got the two – to, uh, Those were one of them was an accident. Come on, hey, but it's just, well, it counts. Come on, one was Pete. a good pass rush, but I think this is what Joe told. I think this is what they told Taven Bryant because if you watch the tape, this is what he did. Hey, Taven, just bull rush, just push. Because the one thing Taven can do, what is Taven doesn't do a great job of locating the ball and in, in getting off blocks, but that dude is strong, and I like it. Hey, line up on the guard and push him right back into the quarterback every play. They didn't play Hamilton much yesterday because I think that they realized that they weren't going to run the ball. Well, they're in nickel the yeah. whole time, too. And he's, right. not, he's not on the field in nickel very right. often. There you go. He only, right, he only had 12 snaps. All right, guys, yeah. let's take a timeout. I'm glad you guys have chosen to join us. The backups finally got some time in the opening segment, Tony and Pete. That's great news. We're off and running. We've got plenty of show ahead. We'll come back and get to this Jaguars offense. They had some struggles in yesterday's game. They won the game, though. The Jaguars win it 9-6. to six. A full recap coming. Your social media questions in the second hour. And we are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. And it was awesome. Um, like I said out there, just the, the fan base has been great. Uh, obviously, this season hasn't gone exactly how you plan it. Um, I, I love where we're at as a team right now, though. Um, but they've been out here every week. Filling the stadium, um, loud, you know, making it a great environment. And it was nice to, you know, we won one in London, but it was nice to win one in front of the, the home crowd. And um, they deserve that. You know, it's been it's been a while. So that was a lot of fun. And just, just proud of the guys, proud of the city. It's, it's, it's a good feeling. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, Jaguars quarterback after the win yesterday. And his numbers, 15 of 26, 118 yards through the air, 69.1 rating. Ran the ball three times for four yards. Not the best statistical day, of course, and left a, you know for a little bit of time there in the second quarter. But the ankle issue came back in the game. They've said it's a low ankle sprain and no boot needed, according to Urban Meyer today. And he's expecting Lawrence to be ready to roll maybe even Wednesday. And uh, here we go. On to Indianapolis for uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco. Tony Baselli and uh, yeah, as, as good as the defense played yesterday, the offense, Pete, they're still not being able. To, there's not a lot of synergy. That's a good word, right? I mean, it just didn't feel great a lot win. of times. They don't win down the field. That's a problem. And and I want to go to a play, and you guys will remember it, the Agnew play on the sideline. Do you remember it when he when he caught the little short pass and turned it up the field, and it came. It was like a what was that a twenty yard gain or something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. Well, no. Well, are you talking about the reverse he had? No. The the little pass. Oh, no, you're you're talking about on fourth down. Fourth down. It was a bunch. Right. It, it was they bunch quads. On, they went bunch quads on one side. And it yes. was about a twelve. It was about a twelve yard game. It was a twenty. And he got matched up in that bunch. He got linebacker. matched up on Edmonds, the linebacker, and ran in, and then optioned back out again. Yeah. And I love the fact that they had guys running guys off and he was able to get in a one-on-one situation. That's the kind of thing that I've been preaching. That's it. That's what I've been preaching. Do more of that. And they didn't do a lot of it on Sunday either. But that was a that play was designed well. They got him locked up on a linebacker. He's quicker. He all he had to do was put his feet in the ground, turn and plant on that option route. And he was wide open. It was a big play. 
Well, but, but in fairness to Daryl Bubble, they had two great play designs for Agnew. I mean, three. He caught one. He dropped a crosser when he's working against a linebacker. He catches it. Who knows how far he goes? And the ball hits him in the hand in the first half. Trevor Lawrence hits him. And I he mean, drops a touchdown pass. And yeah. then he drops a touchdown yeah. on a deep over where he runs away from the DB. I mean, so they – I mean, Pete, I hear what you're saying, but I, I also want to be realistic to what – I mean, guys got to make plays. I mean, yeah, he he should have he should have caught the touchdown. There's no question about that. And the one, well, the crosser, the crosser might be a ten, maybe a twenty yard play because he's so fast he runs away. Yeah, he wasn't going to score, but it was he was going on the sideline. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, that he well that ball had some steam on it. Too, <laughs> but it, but I, mean, I watched the I watched the tw- all twenty two again. It didn't so have did much steam. It, it didn't have that much steam on it. Hit him right in the hands. But you got to catch. He should have caught it. He should have caught it. But. I just like I like the design of that play. That those are the kind of things I want to see more of. But you're right. The over the deep overlap is a great design. Guys have to make plays. How about the and listen, Trevor just got to hang in there at half second. The double move at the end of the game, where they had to settle for the field goal. Marvin Jones Jr. The double move was perfect. It's a touchdown. It's over. Yeah, yeah. He's got a. He's got. A, he had a little pressure in his face, but he's got to hit that one. That's when you have to say, hey, my guy's wide open. Underthrow it. Don't overthrow it. Right. (laughs) How about the offensive line yesterday, Tony, as a whole? What did you make of their performance? I want to see what you say because I watched the the 22 today too, and I want to see what you say. I thought Juwan Taylor played maybe one of his better games. (laughs) Better? He was better. He was a lot. Um, Walk a little doesn't use his hands. And, I mean, just doesn't use his hands. And his feet stopped a couple times. His sets, he gets too perpendicular. You know, it's a tough spot. He found out he started the day, you know, 15 minutes for kickoff. But you have to be ready. Uh, I do sack, think he has a sack. Was a, he just got to – he's just got to keep with – like, he stopped. He doesn't use his hand. Pete, he doesn't use his hands. It doesn't extend. Grab him. The yeah. little guys. <laughs> and uh, and he, he, his feet weren't great. But he's big. He's powerful. Like I, I do think he has. He's athletic. I think he has a ton of potential. But he's nowhere near Cam Robinson as a player. Not even close no. right now. No. Um, I, I, I continue. I thought Barch was good in the run game. I, I keep on getting impressed by Ben Barch. I mean, he's like the best, most improved player of the year for this team. I mean, he was, he was awful last year. Like we would watch him. Like, oh no, it's like watch out. Now he goes. He's a starting caliber right guard. He was tough in the run game. I thought. I thought he did a good job in the run game. I thought there was probably a little bit, I think, and I don't want to take anything away from Carlos Hyde, but James Robinson there, there's more holes. I mean, they did a pretty good job right. in the run game. I right. thought there was there a was a get. Well, there was a one, the backup, what's his name? The backup running back. He had, he had one. If, if Trevor gives it to him, you remember when Trevor pulled it? Yeah. That's a, that might have gone to the house. They blocked it well, the, so well. Well, the other one was on the fumble. At the end of the half, if if he keeps it inside, there's a there's a hole there. I mean, it's a five, eight, seven yard gain. He tries to do a jump cut outside. There's nothing there. It's like stay in the hole. And so Shatley had um, some problems with in the middle a couple times. Guy got yeah, beat him. I, I I didn't think they did a great job of getting up to the next level very no. often. Um, Norwell, he's solid. He's just a solid. He's solid. Norwell's solid. 
Barch is bet much improved. Taylor had his best game. Walker Little had some moments where he struggled, and Shatley had some moments where he struggled. Yeah, but the Shatley moments, like okay, they weren't like Walker Little. Like he's gonna have problems if he doesn't use. His hand. I, I I can't explain it. He he doesn't. It's like he's not. He's he's too tight. Like relax, be athletic. Like he's like, in here, right? Yeah, he's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, like, a, like he's, he's like, got arms like me, and he's got probably like forty inch arms. I'm like, just go, be, be athletic. <laughs> like, um, so, but he'll get it. I mean, they missed Cam Robinson yesterday. Um, but yeah, it was. Dude, Little could call you and ask you for some advice. I think everyone. <laughs> I, Everyone has my phone number in that building. Anyone, anyone who calls me, I'm always more than happy to help. Pete, I don't I mean, think my phone. I, I actually, does anyone? I actually have think my when I watch tape, I ask them for more advice than they do. That's that is accurate, Pete. You do ask me for a lot of advice about the day. Um, but I, I mean, offensively, they're, they're just we're not dynamic. So here's one. So here's one for you. There's been uh, the Jaguars have made some roster moves this afternoon on the offensive side of the ball. They've signed wide receiver John Brown and running back Jordan Wilkins to the practice squad today. John Brown, uh, 98 career games, 65 starts over eight years. Pete, does that do anything for you? He can run. I mean, that's one thing he always could do is run. He's little, but he can run. That's clear. A clear. Uh, decision to try and get faster. That's what that is, because he can run. And and but that's you know, that's it's not going to change the dynamic of the offense. But he can run. He's little. He's another little guy though. Speed, speed. Yeah, Gordon Wilkins is just another. He, he's another back. He'll he'll be the backup next week. <laughs> that's what he'll be. The uh, yeah the uh, Treadwell signing surprised me. They brought him up on the active roster. I mean, they, they had to sign him because you only bring up a guy for the practice squad so many times because he doesn't he doesn't add any speed or doesn't add any like, – how's, how's he any different than what you already have? The weirdest the weirdest thing of all the receivers is the kid from the Chargers who does nothing. Well, Tyron, I think that's Tyron mental, Johnson. though, Pete. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean Has I, the, word, you know, the word I hear is like and, – and we saw it last week. He, he had a simple – seal the backside and he just completely didn't even come close and whips takes a terrible angle and Jamal Adams comes down back and just kills James Robinson. And so like, I don't think he's digesting the playbook because he can flat fly, but if you don't know what to do, then you're useless. Yeah. We can still blind him up once in a while and say go. Just run. Well, I, well, I, you know what, it's what I say is like, I'm surprised like just, a couple times a game, get him out there or Agnew out there and say, run as fast as you can down the field. And go Trevor, deep. Go deep. No, deeper. Deeper. And, Keep going. And they, and they also have a rule that you can't throw uh, LaVisco a ball that's further than five yards across the line of scrimmage. I don't think he doesn't create any separation down the field, Pete. There you go. I know. Right. I, I know. He's Again, I still think he should be a running back. I'll tell you that, though. Um Trevor did miss. Tavon Austin, I don't know if you saw it. They're too high. Tavon Austin runs a uh, – out of the slot runs a post off the half safety, and the other half safety was held on the backside with a, a deep route. And if Trevor lets it go, a good ball, I think it's a touchdown. 
It was a great route, and you saw Tavon Austin speed. He can run. Yeah. Yeah. And he got up on top of the safety, ran a good route, and Trevor didn't didn't like it. The tight end drop, that kid tripped coming out of his break and then got up you know, and the ball hit him his Well, he he rolled his ankle. If you watch it, he, he plants his foot and he rolls his ankle. And that's why he went down. And then he got up and the ball hit him in the face and dropped it. Yeah. Oh no, you're talking about the you're talking about the scene route. Yeah, that was Luke Fair. I'm talking about the Dan Arnold that almost got picked off by Edmonds. He goes oh, yeah. in the middle, plants his foot, rolls it, and almost gets picked. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the Farrell one. He tripped over himself and then got back up and hit him in the face. Yeah, that's not good either. Not but, I mean, offensively, it, without James Robinson, I just don't – they're so limited. Um, I mean, he, when, you're, when your best weapon on offense was a guy who played DB a couple years ago and you signed to be a kick returner, that's all you have to say. That's it. And you're, and you're and you're probably your second best, and he might be your best option, is a guy that you traded for in week three who was an undrafted tight end and Dan Arnold. Like don't like your most like dynamic guys that like create some matchup issues for you are Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew. Well, JP, I know you gotta go to break, but uh, John Brown's nickname is Smoke. Oh, I like that. Yeah, um, that that would be nice to add to the offense. Nothing against, nothing against John Brown, nothing against any of these guys. But if you're picking up a guy week nine, week ten, because he's not on a roster, that's all you need to know. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I mean, let's not – you're not signing Randy Moss. I mean, this isn't Randy Moss coming saying, you know, here we go. You're not designing the offense around John Brown. But they could claim Odell Beckham. No, they, they didn't. didn't. I don't think they did. Nope. Would you, Pete? Would you? Seven million bucks no. for a, a nine-game rental? No, not going to do a that. Rental for this team? No. No, not at all. Let's come back. Uh, a little more defensive talk when we return. Defense had a great day, of course, in a nine-to-six win over the Buffalo Bills in yesterday's action. Daily's play schedule coming up. The final two shows of the year later this week. Kane Brown Friday and Saturday tickets at Daily's Place. Com. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Great team win, first and foremost, man. Oh my gosh, this defense, man. I tell y'all, bro, when we fly around, when we don't make, when we don't, you know, hurt ourselves, we can be one of the best defenses out there. To hold that team to zero touchdowns, you know what I'm saying? It's tough to do. So hopefully, you know, they score a lot of touchdowns the rest of the season, so we'll be the only team to do that. That's Josh Allen, of course, Jaguars defensive in and outside linebacker, and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. On a Monday afternoon, J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli. after a Jaguars win over the Buffalo Bills, the Jags were, I think, uh, over two touchdown underdogs in the game. I believe it's the biggest underdog biggest upset in Jaguars history I think in, in the regular season at least they got it done with defense yesterday Josh Allen if he's not the AFC defensive player of the week I don't know who is Pete he was outstanding uh look he did it all he was all over the field uh, he played we've seen this coming the last couple of weeks I think he's improved each and every week Josh Allen and he was dominant even when he didn't get home yesterday he was getting pressures I mean he was outstanding I, it was and that, that is a decent left tackle he was working against. Deion Dawkins That's, isn't awful. No, he, he's above average, Pete. If you listen to yeah. the 32 left tackles, I bet you he's in the top 10. 
Tom yeah, Brock. I would agree. I would agree. And he he, he, uh, he beat him up pretty good. Yeah, I thought he played really well. And I mean, if you look at it, and, and you know, I know I've given hard time to the PFF grades in the past, but <laughs> I think over like the last four or five weeks, Pete, he's like one of the highest rated defenders in the NFL according to PFF. Well, I, I'll tell you this: he wasn't the highest rated defender yesterday. <laughs> Who was that, Jeffrey Simmons? On their on the own on his own team, he wasn't. No. Wow. Who was higher? I'll tell you right now. Oh I knew you get it. Gosh. I knew I could get you today on some PFF grades. I, mean, I knew of, it. Of all days to not be ranked the highest. highest rated player. He, I, I'm telling you, he wasn't. Here it is. I'll read it to you. Pro Ready? You're gonna, focus. Defensive grades. The highest rated defensive player was Damian Wilson. Okay. He played Number well. two, Shaq Griffin. Okay. <laughs> Number three, Rudy Ford. <laughs> Okay. And number four was Josh Allen. Wow. What did he grade out at? 75. And, the, and the, <laughs> okay, by comparison, by comparison, Damian Wilson graded out at 85. How's he at 75? He had a sack, eight solo tackles, a fumble recovery, and a, a pick. By the way, as a pass rusher, just to get you going, his grade as a pass rusher was behind. Taven Bryan. <laughs> well, that's because they're putting too much value on the on the sacks. Well, he's also, I mean, Rudy Ford had a good pass rush grade. And I thought he did a good job. You know, for what he's not really a pass, but they got to grade him for right. that. Miles Jack had a higher grade as a pass rusher. Where's that coming from? Okay, this I'm not going to do this. We're going down the fox hole. Just for old time's sake. <laughs> just for old time's sake. Let's give the offensive line. Oh, boy. We haven't done this in a long time. We actually retired this segment because it was so horrible. But let's bring it back tonight. Ben Barch, number one of the offensive linemen. Norwell. I would have said Norwell or Barch, number one or two. Norwell, number two. Here you go. Walker Little, number three. No. Shatley, number four. And Taylor, number five. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they don't, they don't know. Well, I mean, seriously, do they watch the tape where they close their eyes and just throw darts at a board, and that's where they end up? What uh, are they watching? That is terrible. Incredible. That is awful. Incredible. You know what? And I'm I'm, I'm not going to go down this path too far because I know it's just it's maddening. But guys' livelihoods are based on this. Like agents and like GMs use some of this stuff. Well, it's just like when you. We, me and you watched Quisenberry on the Titans, and then I, he's the number one rated right tackle in the league on their, by their metrics. Look at the yeah, Sully's eyes. I mean, all, you have to, all you have to know is there's not one GM in America that if every right tackle was a free agent, that he would be picked first. No. No, he's bouncing around. None. Amazing. Whatever. Let's go back. What are, can we talk about something else? We're, we're talking through the defense again, and you know, uh, Dewan Smoot's day. Uh, yesterday, well, we, right? before we go to the defense, uh, I was I wasn't done. I wanted to talk about uh, Odell Beckham and the passing and waivers. Well, it makes sense. Why would you get him? Yeah, this, there's not going to. You do don't want to be. You don't want that guy with that quarterback. You just don't. Well, not even that. I mean, you know what that would have been Tony? That's Andre Risen 2.0. You don't want that. 
And it's still seven million dollars for a nine games or a team that's no, now only, two uh, and six. It's four. It's four point two. It's nothing. Still, like it's couch money. But you could, but my, also JP, especially you could when it's tag not my money. What's that, Pete? You could have tagged them next year. Would he be happy with that I mean, though? You don't know. You don't know. You don't know the guy. He's not happy with anything. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. Don't want that's him the around. point. Right. And by the way, I went back last week and studied about four of his games. The body language just was awful. Every single pass, every single pass is body language. They had a fourth down play against Pittsburgh in the last game before this one. Fourth and 10, late in the game, they're down five. And granted, he had a safety over the top. I don't think the play's supposed to go in his face. He jogged his route on the fourth down play. The game's over. Can he run still, though, Pete? No. He, he could still he still runs better than some guys, but not like he used to. Remember, he used to he'd catch a ball and run away from people. Doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. No. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't sign him either. But it would be interesting. It'd make our job more fun. Uh, he would have a lot to talk he about. Would, I think he'd be bad for Trevor Lawrence. I just do. I think Trevor would handle. I think Trevor's more mature than he is. Okay. I don't think I... Andre was bad for Mark. Andre wasn't bad, I guess, kind of. Andre was bad for the team because it put Jimmy Smith as the backup. That's what was bad about Andre. Well, he also didn't run the right route and know where he was going half the time. I don't care. He could have run the right right route every time. He was not as good as Jimmy Smith. The fact that Andre Ryzen kept Jimmy Smith on the bench, that was the biggest issue. True. But the biggest issue was in Pittsburgh when he ran the wrong route, Brunel threw an interception. What would have been great is if you could have got Andre Risen to be your third receiver and put him in the slot with Keenan and Jimmy outside and Andre Risen as, as your third receiver. Yeah, I don't think slot. Andre would have gone for that too much. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have happened, I don't think. Bad Moon ain't playing that game. <laughs> no, he ain't going in. He ain't doing Bad that. Moon Rising. Hey, let's come back. Uh, we'll get into the AFC South standings. The, uh, the Jaguars. Okay, we're going to do the power rankings for the first time this year. We're breaking out some some oldies but goodies tonight on Jaguars Happy Hour. And, of course, check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's free on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. This is Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. You hope to get more accustomed to winning, which I believe we will. Uh, but uh, that's a very, you know, I think Shad said at one time, there's a perception of Jacksonville, there's a perception of his team, of the locker room, this locker room. That's a great locker room. I've been saying that all along, all, all year long. Uh, we've had some close games. They stuck together, and he just beat one of the best teams in the NFL. So um, I'll fight for that locker room. I believe in that locker room. And if someone has something negative to say about that locker room, they're, they're incorrect. That's head coach Urban Meyer. After the game yesterday, a Jaguars win over the Buffalo Bills, 9-6. to it's Jaguars Happy Hour and Veterans Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov. JP Shadrick, Pete Frisco, Tony Baselli. Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday continues. The Jags have now won two out of the last three, and they're undefeated against the AFC East. And you know what? I'm going to throw out a lock tonight. I'm throwing out a lock. You guys lock things all the time. The Jags will sweep the AFC East this year. Lock it. Wow. Whoa. That's right. Going That's up right. to New England. That's right. In December. Playing for a playoff 
That's fine. They're not that's beating fine. New England. That's fine. Jets too. They're going down also. Oh, that that's that's entirely possible. <laughs> So I gotta, before we go to your lock, and I like it, JP. Thank Usually you. I think you say dumb things, but that's I like that. I like going out on a limb like that. It's good stuff. Um, I've heard Urban Meyer say this a couple times about this is such a good locker room, which I I trust him, believe him. But then he said, if anyone's saying anything different, they're wrong. Did I miss something? It's like people talking about this being a bad locker room. Did I miss something? I, I've never heard and not one story about there be pro- there being problems in the locker room. I haven't either. Well, Pete, I, I haven't there, seen that. There's been stories about him in the locker room. No, but I've never heard a story. I mean, even last year, JP and Pete, I never heard like there's locker room issues. I mean, the no. last locker room issue was when Jalen was here and there was, you know, <laughs> and there were some issues in 18. Right. But I don't yeah, remember. Like when when Jalen was here and he didn't even get along with his fellow corner. I mean, those yeah, kind of issues. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, I've, I've always heard this was a, a good locker room. I mean, but, that's why. That's not what. That's not what is out there. Nobody's talking about infighting inside the locker room. They're talking about between yeah, coaches. But, that, but, but that's what he's saying. He's saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's like, saying. Nobody said that. I haven't. I haven't heard one I, person say that. There's, like, yeah. you guys had decent locker rooms when you were playing, but you all fought about Coughlin. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I thought we had good locker rooms. We we all wanted to – we were all mad at Coughlin half the time, but not, we right. met each other. Right. Um, but, JP, have you heard anything? Because no. I've heard him say that a couple times now, and I just wonder where that's coming from. No, I think, Maybe, it's, just, I think it's just him talking up the, the guys in the locker room, honestly. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything in print or anything that's saying, hey, there's discourse in the locker room and there's infighting, any of that stuff. So, Well, maybe he should learn the names of his players, by the way. <laughs> What, what was that thing with Gazdis yesterday? What yeah. was that? Gazdis. What just, happened? He, he had a in, in the post game press conference. He had a, a mind blank there for a second, and, and no, he called him a couple different names though. Yeah. He, he butchered his first name, and then he didn't know his last name. What did he call him? I, I'd have to go look at the transcript again. It was a couple it different was like tries. Alec. Yeah. Or something, wasn't it? Like some yeah. Alec, uh, some, it, was, it wasn't even close. It's not even worth holding him to, I, whatever. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, let it go, man. This is where, this is where JP gets uncomfortable. <laughs> it really is. He get, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you, I mean, but that can happen. You forget names. Yeah. You forget okay, names. all right. But, I yeah, mean, Mr. Perfect over here, Pete Prisco. Somebody, but. Coughlin never came to the podium and said, Jimmy Baselli. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let me think. I think it's Jimmy Baselli. <laughs> Let's take a look at the AFC South standing, shall we? The Tennessee Titans with a big win last night. Of course, they are in command of the AFC South at 7-2, and 3-0 and in the division. Indy got a big win on Thursday, but they couldn't gain any ground. They're 4-5. and five. Jaguars go up there next week. Jags are two and six. They're in third place. Houston is not playing well at all. They're one and eight and at the bottom of the division. So there you have it. How about we bring back, Tony, since you brought it up, you'll go first. The AFC South power rankings for you. Well, first of all, the Tennessee Titans were the best team in the AFC. Let's just say it. They beat they beat everybody. They're the They're toughest, the most team. physical team. And the, what they did last night without Derrick Henry 
just proved it. Now, yep. the question is, can they can, can they keep it up without Derrick Henry because they have no run game with Adrian Peterson? And they had little offense last night anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, they're going to have to figure out running back, which I think they will. Um, it will never be Derrick Henry, obviously, this year. But what if they get Derrick Henry back week 17, going to the playoffs? I mean, that's a good football team. Uh, right now, it's as the standings are the power rankings, but I got breaking news right now. Yes. On Monday's show, the Jaguars will be ranked number two in the power rankings after beating the Indianapolis Colts. Lock Up it? The Lucas Oil Dome. Lock it's it? Lucas Oil Stadium, but okay. Are you locking it? Same thing and lock it. Oh, we got two, two locks know, in one Jimmy. segment. <laughs> I don't know, Jimmy. I don't like that one. <laughs> Pete, give us your power there- rankings, smart aleck. My power rankings in the way the standings are, and they aren't changing after this week. How about that? Because you're not a believer. I'm a believer. I think the defense, number one, the Jets, I mean, the uh, the Jets got run through against the Colts, and that's when the Colts are good, is when they have balance. I guarantee it. They will not run through this Jaguars defense. Urban's probably jealous, too, by the way. The Colts had 250 rushing and receiving, like he said he wanted every week. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here are the upcoming schedules for the AFC South teams, by the way. The Jaguars are at Indy, home against San Fran, home against Atlanta, at the Rams, at Tennessee. Houston has a bye this week uh, at Tennessee, and then three straight home games, Jets, Indy, Seattle. Colts are against the Jags at Buffalo, home against Tampa, at Houston, then a bye week, week 14, Tennessee, We'll get New Orleans and Houston at home back-to-back at New England, a bye week in Week 13, and then they'll face the Jacksonville Jaguars in Nashville in Week 14. That's what's coming up. The Titans are going to win 13, 12, 13 games with that schedule. They're good. They are good. Is Mike Rabel one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL? Yes. They're tough, they're physical, and when they fall behind, they don't panic. I think it's, they take on they have the personality of their head coach, and I, love I agree. Her. I love I love I agree. I agree. They're going to have a tough game this week, though, with the Saints. That that Saints team lost that game, and if you look at this season, Tony, every team that's won a big game in some form or fashion has come back the following week and played like crap. Mm. Well, that's two physical teams. They're going to get after. It. I mean, because the Saints are a physical team too. All right, guys, yeah. let's let's take a time out. The second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour right around the corner. Your social questions coming up. We'll go around the league. Plenty to get to recapping a Jaguars win. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. We're not going nowhere. Uh, you know, we got to build. We're going to build on this. You know, we're not. I'm, I'm, t- I'm glad. You know what I'm saying? I'm not up here. Saying, oh, we got to do better, we got to, no. You know what I'm saying? When we are on our stuff, you know what I'm saying, we can be a really great defense, and it showed today. You know what I'm saying? Our defensive line can go against any offensive line any time of the week, you know what I mean? Any offense, stop any run, stop any pass, and, you know, we did what we needed to do. And hopefully we got to capitalize and get better um, Tuesday or Wednesday and uh, go out here with the mindset we got we to gotta beat the Colts and get better. And uh, win the game. 
That's Josh Allen, Jaguars defensive in and outside linebacker, and welcome back. It's the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli recapping a Jaguars win over the Buffalo Bills 9-6 to a week after playing poorly in Seattle against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. The Jags defense stood up and had a big day against the top-scoring offense in football. They held the Bills to six points and just over 300 yards of offense, 301 for the day for Buffalo. Josh Allen, you just heard from him, pressured all day. He had um, you know, the, the quarterback for the Bills pressured all day, sacked four times, eight times he was hit, threw two interceptions, had a fumble. The Jaguars' Josh Allen had his career best day, eight tackles, all solo, a sack, an interception, a fumble recovery. And the Jags' offense, though, still has some things to work through, of course. We've talked about it earlier tonight. They were awful on third down. They did convert on a couple of fourth down conversions yesterday on offense. Got into field goal range just enough and got those three field goals. Missed a couple opportunities, including a Jamal Agnew drop in the end zone. So the Jags scored their biggest regular season upset in franchise history. The Bills are scratching their heads. The Jags have some confidence heading into Indy in Week 10. It's a game that Tony Vaselli has locked. I've locked that the Jags will become AFC East champions this year when they sweep that division. So, Pete, you're up next with the lock. I'm going to lock. They're going to pick in the top 10 of the draft. How's that for a lock? It's too early. What are they at right? Too early. What We're not talking at? draft What are they yet. at right now? What Five. are they at right now? Five. We're not talking draft yet. It's too early. I'm not. We didn't say who they were picking. We're saying that they'll be in the top ten. That's just my prediction, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I want to say something about the coaching staff. I, I think doing what they did on sun, on Sunday was actually really well done. And I got to look. I've been critical of them at times, and I'm still critical of them in a lot of ways. But you got to give that team credit because after what happened in Seattle, they could have spiraled out. And they didn't. And I think it's a, it's a particularly what Joe Cullen did. I, I was really impressed with what he did on Sunday. So um, you got to give the coaching staff, Urban Meyer, uh, the offense staff, I still am a little have my problems with, but I, I think that they deserve credit for what they did on Sunday. Yeah, they've kept this group together and give the guys in the locker room credit too, Pete, with that, because you know it takes the leadership in the locker room. You know, you lose, you're one and six, you lose the way you did in Seattle. I mean, Went across the country. It was ugly. And obviously they got back and had a good week of uh, work and came out in and, and a game that nobody gave you any shot. I mean, no, nobody. And the question now is, can you repeat it? Because in the NFL, and we saw it all weekend, there was a bunch of upsets. I mean, look what Denver did to Dallas. I mean, you know, Atlanta beating the Saints. I mean, you can go down the list of some Titans beating the Rams. You can go down the list. Well, I don't think that's an upset. I think Titans are better. Um, you can go down the list. On of, paper, it was an upset. Sure. Um, but you go down the list of, you know, games this weekend that went that people were surprised about. Um, the good teams or the ascending teams can put a couple games together. And the question is, can this team, you know, handle success? And remember, that was one of Tom's things always when we were a young team. Can you handle success? Okay, you won a game. That's great. But now can you handle it the next week? And can you can you have the same intensity and the same attention to detail, the same preparation uh, this week of practice going into a division game against the Colts? And that this is a big test for this team because it's a good football team. I mean, the reality is is they're big dogs again, 
nobody else in America would pick them besides me um, because I just am tired of, you know, what that team did Sunday gave me the thought that, hey, they play good run defense. They, if they can get aggressive and do what they did again uh, against, a, you know, a Carson Wentz that will, if you get him to move, throw you the ball, um, they got a chance. But, you know, it's to be seen still because they got a long way to go. Um, and offensively, they got to figure out how to score some points. What What do you think? They're big dogs again this week, huh? Yeah, they yeah, are. 10, 10 point dogs. Yeah. You know, I, I got a bone to pick with the national media, okay? You are the national okay. media. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, and just people saying this biggest upset in Jaguars history. Uh, it might have been by the numbers. But when we're you're big. on the road in a playoff game <laughs> right, yeah. against Denver, who everybody locked in to win the Super Bowl that year, no. That, Pete, that's the biggest Pete, upset franchise. Pete, weren't we 15 and a half point dogs in Denver? I think when it kicked off, it was a little bit down. And this one, when it kicked off, was a little bit up. That's why people were saying it. I think by the time this one kicked off, it was 15 or it 15 was 14 and a half. No, it was 14 and a half. This one was 14 and a half at kickoff. And then yours, yours was right there with it. I thought it was fifty. I thought I always thought we were fifteen and a half point dogs. I, I mean, I can't remember. I mean, I just know that nobody in the history of football thought we even had a chance. And by the but way, again, that one was on the road too. I don't care what the spread was. This that was that team was considered the Super Bowl favorite, heavy Super Bowl favorite, and they beat them on the road at their place at Mile High, which was a tough place to play. And we were down two touchdowns before we woke up. Yeah. No, that, that's the biggest upset in franchise history, not this one. I would agree with you. I, 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 when people said that, I was like, huh, they must have forgot the 96 team, but whatever. Here's a question. Uh, Pete, are there concerns about the Buffalo Bills now after yesterday? Yes. Yes, there are. And it, Tony mentioned that the offensive line got just beat up. And they got to get healthy there, but they got beat up. And I think Josh Allen has been playing average. Where's Diggs, by the way? Yeah, right. Quiet. Didn't do a lot. He's had a really quiet year. And, Tony, he didn't run. There were a couple times when I looked at some of his routes. I'm like, is this guy running? I mean, get it going. It's You know, I I just – I think they have problems. They don't run the ball, which you have to be able – at some point, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. You have to. And they don't. That defense is good, though. Golly, they're good. Yeah, they are number one in the league for a reason. Speaking of that running game, they had nine carries by running back yesterday for 22 yards against the Jags' defense. That's a solid day for the Jags' D against the run again. That's a, a an area that they've been fairly consistent most of this season. Well, and a guy in Dayball who gets a lot of you know gets mentioned for head coaching jobs. I didn't think it was a great job by him of getting his team ready offensively. Because they struggled picking up the blitz. They struggled against Miami. You think, okay, what is the rule in the NFL, Pete? Pete, if you put something on film where you struggle in an area, what's going to happen? You are going to get tested in that area until you show that you have an answer. Well, if the Dolphins put on tape, zero coverage, blitz, bring more, pressure Josh Allen the entire game, don't you think you spend significant time of getting that right? And they were exposed even worse against the Jaguars. 
you know, it was weird, though. They played a lot of zone behind that, too, when they did it, which I thought was creative. Oh, they were taking, they were playing cover two, bringing the slot off cover two and rolling cover. I mean, it was, they did a lot of interesting things. Yeah, it wasn't like you, it wasn't like you were locking up outside and bringing like this blitz. They did a lot of creative stuff, which it really seemed to bother him and bother them. But, you know, that's the book on, on those big gunslingers, Tony, a lot of times like Mahomes and him is make them be patient, make them think, make them be patient and dare them to run the ball. And if you look at what's going on, that's what's happening around the league nowadays. Well, I mean, it's definitely what's happening in Kansas City. They're just playing two high safeties and saying, we're not going to get beat over the top. And if you can have the patience to methodically go down the field, then so be it. Tip our hat. Well, you don't ever have to – when you play the Buffalo, you don't ever have to bring an eighth man down to, to stop the run. They don't even run. No, no you don't have to. Same with Kansas City. Yeah. You can stop it with seven. It's hard to throw the ball against two. You know I'm a pass-first guy. But you have to adjust to that. You have to. Well, I just didn't think Buffalo had an answer, and they didn't. They didn't adjust. They struggled no. the whole game picking up the blitz. And Brian Dayball is a good football coach, and they struggled. And Sean McDermott is one of the be- better head coaches in this league, and they struggled with an answer. You know what's interesting about that? In week one, they had no answer for Pittsburgh not blitzing. Remember, because Pittsburgh blitzed, I think, once or twice in that entire game. And now in, in this game, they had no answer for the way the Jaguars did blitz. And they weren't great against Miami either, Pete. Remember, they only scored oh. three points. Yep. They got the late touchdown on because of a turnover. They got it on the 10-yard plus 10-yard yep. line. They didn't do much offensively against Miami yep. either. Some questions now for the Bills moving ahead. We thought going in, hey, they're one of the top teams in the AFC, but um, they've got some questions at the halfway point. We'll come back in a moment. And – Guys, get ready. We're going to keep it real when we come back. All right. That's Pete's favorite. Tony's always keep it real, so it's just like another segment for me. Oh, is that is that how it works, huh? We just had an hour and 15 minutes of keeping it real with Pete Prisco. We're going to have another 10 minutes or so coming up. Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Jaguars happy hour continues on a Monday after a Jaguars victory. It's victory Monday. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Briscoe, Tony Baselli, Jaguars over the Bills 9-6, and it's time for Keeping It Real, presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients, award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Well, we're going to keep it real. Pete I think I know your answer, but is this a jump start for the Jaguars? Can they build on the momentum from yesterday? Yes, they can. They absolutely can. I think when you look at what they did defensively, I think that's something they can build on. Here's the question you got to ask yourself, though. As this team gets better in a year or two, are these the core guys are going to be there when they do? And I think if you answer it on defense, you'd say a lot of those guys are the core guys. And I think they'll be there. So, yes, I think they can build on this. Absolutely. Defensively, for sure. Uh, can they build on it? Yeah. Um, I think th- I think this is a group that's gaining confidence, especially on the defense side. And that's what a game, you know, like yesterday will do, especially beating a team like the Bills. Um, you're going to have, a you know, 
again, I go back to this. I think this week of practice is critical. You, how they handle it and how they approach the preparation for Indy. If they do that right, I expect a, another really good performance. I locked the win. You know, listen, I'm not guaranteeing a win or anything. I think they're going like to – I like how uh, it feels right now. Um, offensively, I don't know. I mean, for the short term, I mean, what are you building on? Was it a good performance? I mean, it's not like you had a good performance, you know, that you're saying, wow, let's build on, uh, you know, 200 yards of offense. I mean, it's not, it's not something you do. No, but the do. defensive performance you could build on. I, I agree. With that. That's what I said, Pete. And then I like your question. If you look at the long term, you know, how many pieces are, I think defense has a number of pieces. I think, you know, I think Allen is a, a long-term piece. I think, you know, Miles Jack is a long-term piece. Um, I, th- I think uh, Dwan Smoot is a long-term piece. Shaq Griffin is a long-term piece. I think Shaq Griffin is a long you know, I think. Tyson uh, Campbell will be a long-term piece. Yeah, so I think they do have a number of longer-term pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, how many long-term pieces do you have on that side of the ball outside of Trevor and James? And then you, I, I, I actually think the left tackle is a long-term piece the way he's played this year. I don't think you want to go try to replace him. I think you're going to have to pay is him. Is the right tackle a long-term piece? I, I, to be determined. I think the right guard is a long-term piece. I would agree with that one. Uh, other than that, though, the left tackle, long-term piece. Right guard, long-term piece. Question about the right tackle. The center and left guard are not long-term pieces because they're getting older. So I, I think Dan Arnold might be a move tight end that you can build. I agree. I think if I think if they had good receivers, he'd be even better. I agree. The receivers, nobody's a long. Agnew will be on the roster as a as a piece in one form or fashion. He's a long term piece. Um, yeah, but defensively, they probably is Roy Robertson Harris a long term piece? I think so. He's only a four. He's a fifth year player. I think he has. I you agree. Know, a number of good years left. Brown, long term piece. Hamilton. Malcolm, what year is Malcolm Brown? He's only like in his fifth, fifth or sixth, or sixth year. Sixth year, fifth, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think Malcolm Brown. You know what long-term they, piece they need? Another another pass rusher. Malcolm yeah, Brown's in his seventh year, by the way. Brown's is, so he might not be then. You know, he could play to ten or eleven at that spot. Speaking of offense, Pete, could the Jaguars use Lavisca Chenault like the Falcons use Cordell Patterson? Yes. I agree. Like we said last week, like in a running but that, back. But here's the difference. He's not as fast as Cordell Patterson. He's not as big. Or fast. I mean, Cordell Patterson can he's a kick returner, he can fly. Yeah. Right. Speed. Yeah, he doesn't he's not as big either. Yeah, again, Patterson is one of the all time great teases in the history of the National Football League. He's you I stood right behind him when he was doing kick returns for the Vikings one day at training camp practice. And he's like catching it and half going through the motions. And I talked to Norm Turner about it. He's like, he drives me crazy with that talent. He doesn't do it. I mean, well, he should well, be a get, star. Arthur Smith is the first guy that figured out how to use him because he's he's uh, pretty dang effective in Atlanta right now. Yeah, he is. But I mean, could yes, you, I mean, JP, could you to answer your your question, keeping it real, they can build on it on the defensive side. The offensive side, you can't build on anything they did on Sunday. There you have it. The, I agree. There you have it. That's uh, that's the answer to keeping it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients. I'd like award-winning to. wine I'd by like Robert Mondavi. I, I think we all would, right? 
Pete, I, I mean, JP, Mr. Madani, I'd like to open up a, a bottle. Let's, let's, let's make this happen. Where's our case? Listen, Bob. Case. <laughs> Pete wants a whole case. Well, because you know why? I'm not even, I might be the only Italian guy in the world that doesn't drink wine. So I'll, I'll do like Tony and just bring it over for everybody for Christmas presents all year. How nice of you, Pete. Pete. Pete, how can you be an Italian and not drink wine? I just never really liked it that much. Never did. And my my mom would have a glass of wine at night. You know, I never had it. I never drank it. I'm questioning your hair. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. Are you going to take <laughs> yeah. his card away, Tony, or I what? I promise you. I promise you. Never was a big wine drinker. All right. All right, I'm well, gonna, I'm not going to, you know, that's fine. I'm not going to judge. He, he would be Tell if he got a case of wine. If Bobby said I wish him I one. like it. It is good for you. It's good for your heart. Yeah. I have mean, a glass of night. Yeah. And, and you're so health conscious. I mean, by the look of you, you're really paying attention. To I don't know what right you're now. talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, 365. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow. Oh, I'm in fighting. I'm in fighting weight right now. Are you? What happened a couple weeks ago? You said you were going to be on this wonderful. Yeah. I'm getting ready to start. I'm just. Getting ready to start. <laughs> getting hey, I had a good workout today. Is that a start? <laughs> I'm starting next week. I got a plan. You know, my problem is, is like this. <laughs> it's like a shovel. <laughs> fat ball it's season right easy. now. It's, it's tough. Not easy. It's tough these days. Hey, we'll come back. Fat ball season. Uh, no doubt. This is the time where it's really, really difficult. Let's come back. Social media questions are right around the corner. And a little later, we'll go around the National Football League. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Briscoe, Tony Vaselli. Jaguars win. They beat the Bills yesterday 9-6. A field goal game. The defense had a huge day at the office. And it's time now for social media questions. We put the bat signal out earlier today on Twitter. Here's the best we've come up with today. Question number one at Real Brandon Ward: How many Super Bowls will the Jaguars win now that we've been that we have beaten the best team in the AFC? Uh, in the next what, fifty years? <laughs> how many, I'll, I'm going to change the question, Pete. How many Super Bowls will the Jags win with Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback? At least one. No, not at least. I need a number. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to say one because there's not a lot of teams that win two. Come on, Pete, six. I'm say, Come on, six. I'm going to say I'm going I'm to say they're going to win two Super Bowls in Trevor Lawrence's career. Two. Okay, so he's going to win in his. So let's just say he plays 15 years, right? Yep. So he's going to win two in that 15. How many is Mahomes going to win in the 15? He might be done. <laughs> what? How many is Herbert going to win in the 15? One. How many is Burrow going to win in the 15? One. Wow. That's a lot of AFC. Those guys winning a total of, what's that, six? Well, I think Mahomes wins two, Lawrence wins two, and each of those wins one. I think Lamar Jackson gets one, too. That's seven of the 14. Does Josh Allen get one? Yes, that's eight. Eight. So we're into, now we're into when these next guys come out and show yeah. up. All right. And right. Then, and then, and then so NFC's, the, the, NFC's just out of luck at that point because they're all in the AFC right now. I, I, think, I think the Jaguars have a legitimate chance to win two in the next 15 with Trevor Lawrence. I do. I like that. I agree. 
I like that. Uh, let's move along. Next question. Social media today on Twitter. This is from UCF underscore Jaguar. What did the Jaguars defense do differently from the Seattle game to Buffalo? Well, they got 11 men on the field. That's one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had they counted. They had much, much better communication pre-snap. Um, and I think they ran the tackle better. I mean, they just – and they were just tighter in their coverage. I thought they were more aggressive in the blitz game as well. Um, the way Joe Cullen called the defense. I mean, Seattle only only had 224 total yards um, of offense in that entire game. It felt like 500, but it was only 224. So that was one of those goopy games. It was just kind of short fields and offense not doing much and turnovers and everything else. It kind of gives you. Um, but I thought they were more aggressive, and I thought they were better on the back half. Yeah, and the plan was better, um, and they were physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, every single snap, you could just see they were getting physical, pushing them a little bit, and dominating them up front. They didn't dominate Seattle like that, but they, they dominated Buffalo. Next social media question today, number three on the afternoon from at Brandon Bush 817 Tony, besides almost being the most hated man in Jacksonville history, what are your thoughts on Walker Little from yesterday? I'm sure he's referencing when – he stepped on Trevor's ankle. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, let me address that one because people are, you know, were just all up in arms. And I, listen, I was worried about Trevor too because it was scary. You never want to see your franchise quarterback go down. But everyone's killing Walker Little. I'm like, wait a second. You know, often offensive linemen across this league get pushed back a little bit. And that's a freak accident. I mean, you can't, I mean, don't put that on Walker Little. Um, you know, it was super late as well. He actually had pretty good protection. Trevor had plenty of time. The ball was gone by two or three seconds. The D-line kept on pushing. It just happened to step back. It happens. And so um, if anyone puts that and says, you know, starts questioning Walker Little because of that play, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, overall, I said it earlier, it was first start okay. Um, he needs to get better with his hands. I think that's his biggest issue. You can the feet will get fixed. You know, it's technique, it's reps, it's confidence. Um, I think he just plays stiff, and I think he's a better athlete than he's playing right now. And uh, I think that'll come with as he gets more comfortable out there. Is that from thinking too much, Tony? What is that from? That if you're not playing to your athletic athletic ability, uh, it can be a lot of things that we thinking. It can be like being afraid to get beat instead of just going out there and playing and competing and not worrying about getting beat. Um, that's something that you know. You have to fight as an offensive lineman. Sometimes you're out in space, you're one on one. I mean, it's like playing corner. In some senses, you know, you're playing against a great athlete who knows where the ball's. You know, they're tracking the ball and they're seeing it, and you're working backwards. And um, and so you got to have confidence that, like, hey, I'm just going to go compete and go, you know, do my technique, do it right, and whatever happens, happens. Our next question, social media moving along tonight here on Jaguars Happy Hour at JWH1863. Has Taven Bryant turned a corner under this coaching regime or was the Bills' performance an unexpected outlier? He's had three and a half sacks in like 54 games. He had two yesterday. Like, he's not Aaron Donald. So everyone and one, one was an accident yesterday. It wasn't an accident, but... Uh, they kind of fell into it. Well, he had two good pushes. I mean, he had good rushes. So he played well. But let's not – I mean, one game doesn't make a player. Either no. one bad game or a good string game. Them, string them together. String them together. Go to Indy. 
and played well at Indy, then we can start talking. Go beat up Quentin Nelson. Yeah. You beat up Quentin Nelson, then then you can talk. Yeah, on to the next week-to-week league. Here's the next question on social media. At Trillwill92, is our Josh Allen elite, and why is the answer yes? Um, I think he has – I'm not going to call him elite yet. Um because I, I like elite, like we throw around great too often, elite too often. Like, let me tell you who are elite pass rushers. Like, uh, Miles Garrett is an elite pass rusher. TJ Watt is an elite pass rusher. Aaron Donald is an elite pass rusher. Von um, Miller used to be an elite pass rusher. Yeah. I mean, so, like, right now, Josh is a good player. He has five and a half sacks. I think he, I mean, he has good instincts. He, he, he has a nose for the football. He plays run, uh, he plays good run defense as well. I think he has an opportunity to be elite, but he's not elite yet. You know who he reminds me of when he plays? And tell me if you agree with me. Bradley Chubb when he was healthy. Yeah, I think that's about right. That sounds right. Yeah. Which is a really good pass rusher. And a good football player, but not okay. Dynamic edge rusher. You know what I mean? He's. I don't. I think you talk about Garrett and Miller and Watt. They're they're dynamic at what they do. I mean, Watt's not as dynamic as some of the other guys, but they're really. You know, Khalil Mack. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, he's not that. Chandler Jones. Right. He's not that. No, he could get better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's just not as sudden as some of those guys. Maybe that's it. Good day at the office. Really good football player. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Showed it yesterday for sure. Next question on Twitter today. Thanks for chiming in, everyone. This is from at Britt Jag. How did the Jags beat the Colts, and what is the biggest factor in them getting the win? Okay, well, first, before I answer this question, Pete, pay attention. Stop looking around. I don't know who you're talking to, but we're doing a radio show here. Hey, you, by the way, did you lock this or not lock it? Because you kind of back, backpedaled yeah, from I that. I meant before. to touch on that, Pete That's and why Tony. JP because had to look on his face like I could when you were talking, and he's like stunned. Did you he, backpedal from here's, it already? Here, Pete, here's what he said. He said, I locked it, but I don't know if I can guarantee it. Then what the hell was the lock for? Yeah, what is that, Tony? I locked it. But then you, why did you say you didn't guarantee it? You didn't want to guarantee it. <laughs> I locked it. What are you talking about? I mean, I mean, come on. What? What, you, I mean, what is that thing right there? I don't know what's going on now on the video side what, here, but it's what it is. I mean, you, so did you guarantee it or not? What is yes. what, like? What's the background we're in right now? I have no what are we idea. in like zoo? Well, no, you're, 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 <laughs> what is going on? Technology's grand, isn't it? Um, but, you know, we can hear you guys still. <laughs> okay, good. So that's – at least I don't have to look at you anymore on the video. Thank goodness. Um, so what? what is it, Tony? Is it a lock or is it a guarantee? I locked it. But is it a guarantee? So if you it. locked it, why didn't you say it's not a guarantee? I can't guarantee it then. What is going on here? Oh, my goodness. 
There's people everywhere. I can't even concentrate right now. There's two of me. That's always a good thing. If you're watching on Jaguars.com right now, it's like a a group area. There's two Pete's. They're on like a rocky ledge, like they're at Red Rocks or something in Colorado. And like there's pine trees behind them. JP, that's a hell of a show. Unbelievable. (laughs) There's JP again. Now he's bigger than everybody. I I think they're. uh, I'm blocking the win. And the way they beat them is they got to stop the run. You got to stop Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. You got to make them one dimensional and force Carson Wentz to beat you. They're not super fast outside. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. is a really good receiver, the kid from USC, but he's more of a possession. Uh, reminds me a little bit more of a Keenan Allen type of uh, uh, player. Not going to run by you, but really good receiver. Um, not as good as Keenan Allen. But this game, the, the Colts go. As as the run game goes, you shut down Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. You're gonna. I think you have a great chance to win that ball game. Hey, we're back. I agree. I, I think if they can if they can limit the run game, they're gonna have a real good chance to win. Well, welcome back to reality here, guys, on the video side of things. Uh, good to see you again. Let's go to our uh, next social media question here on Jaguars Happy Hour on this Monday afternoon. And it is at T. Duval. Well, okay, we already got to this. We all know at Tony Baselli wants to lock another game, so it will be this weekend against the Colts. We still didn't get your answer, Tony. You said it's a lock, but you can't guarantee it. What's the difference? What, like, why? I, I, I don't talk in guarantees. I talk in locks. It's a lock. I mean, you're talking I'm out of both sure sides of your mouth. I, both sides of your mouth. I'm not right sure. Now. I'm not sure what else you want from me. I locked it. But you couldn't guarantee it. I'm just saying. I don't know. That's confusing. Well, he did lock it, though, so it's a guarantee. He's Joe Namath. He locked it. Okay. Guaranteed. Yeah, put it in print. Tony locked it. Next question, social media. We got a bunch today. Everybody's chiming in after a win. At, at uh, Carpe Futurum, I love the win. By Tony Baselli's count, how many full starts did we get away with on Sunday? Maybe the right side just timed it absolutely perfectly every time. But on TV, it looked like they were early a lot, and I was holding my breath several times. They were early, especially in that fourth quarter, like super early, and they got away with it. And I have no idea why the officials didn't call it. I mean, it was I weird. Been, why? They were off early. I, I would have been livid if I was Sean McDermott. I mean, they were. Jawan Taylor always presses it. He's always really close. He gets a good jump. But I thought he. I mean, go watch the tape. I mean, he he is. There were two or three before. times where he got off. Yep, like three times. Ben Barch was at least once, and I don't know. I don't know why they didn't call it. No idea. We'll take it. Are you guys still seeing like this rock formation that we're sitting (laughs) in? No, I see you guys clearly on the screen. It's fine. It's actually perfect now. Uh, All we see is the rock formation. Well, (laughs) well, enjoy that during this time out. We'll come back and go around the National Football League. Here's some calls from around the league on radio as well. Thanks for the social media questions. They were coming in hot today. We appreciate it after a Jaguars win over the Bills 9-6. to And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. Coming down the home stretch on Jaguars Happy Hour on a Monday afternoon after a Jaguars win in Week 9, 9-6 to over the Buffalo Bills. J.P. Shadrick with Pete Briscoe and Tony Baselli. Let's go around the National Football League. We'll get some calls from my radio around the league. And there were uh, a lot of upsets around the league. A lot of tight games this week as well. 
Of course, the Colts on Thursday get the win over the Jets, 45-30. The Colts cannot gain ground, though. We'll get to the Titans coming up. They won last night. The Ravens and the Vikings went to overtime. Justin Tucker hits a game winner. Jerry Sandusky on the WBALWIYY Ravens Game Day Network. Tucker hit from 37 in the first half. Game on the line. 20 seconds left in overtime. Nick Moore with the snap. Sam Cook with a hold. Tucker's kick is up. And it is good. The Ravens have won it in overtime. The Hayes in the barn, and the Ravens are 6-2. The Hay in the barn for the Ravens rallied from a 14-point deficit in the third, overcame an interception in overtime from Lamar, and now 53 consecutive field goals in the fourth quarter in overtime made by Tucker. Lights out. The Ravens have a good record, but they've had some really fortunate games. I mean, the Lions, you had the field goal to win it on the road. Uh, you had, you know, the, the Chiefs game. You had this one. I mean, they've had some real fortunate games when it comes to uh, winning their football games. So, but isn't that what good teams do? They find a way. They're going to be a good team by the end of the year. A really good team. They find a way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they, they, I mean it's winning close games with what this league's all about. And you got to give Jim Harbaugh, I mean, John Harbaugh and, you know, his staff, his players, they don't, they don't flinch and they don't blink. They're, you know, those close games, they find a way to win. A big part of that, they're the best kicker probably in the history of the game. And Justin Tucker. And Lamar Jackson's getting much better as a passer. They got it back going again. Let's move along to the Patriots and the Panthers. J.C. Jackson with an interception return for a touchdown in the third quarter. Bob Sosi on the 98.5 Sports Hub Patriots radio network. Play fake to Hubbard. Bootleg to the near side for Donald. Under pressure. Tosses the ball. Yeah. Intercepted See by ya. J.C. Jackson. Goodbye. To the 40. To the 50. Down the middle of the field to the 40. To the 30. To the 20. He is in. Zone. Bound. Pick six. Touchdown. Patriots. Well, Jackson had two picks in the game, five picks this year, and 22 now, Pete, in three-plus years in the NFL. Well, I mean, look, you're making a lot of plays. That's what they do. And, uh, look, a lot of these players, uh, these defensive players are making a lot of big plays and, like, digs for the Cowboys. And, and the, you know, those, those guys are making a lot of plays and a lot of pick sixes. There's a lot of bad quarterback play in this league, guys. <laughs> but really? Well, I mean, I mean, the amazing thing is, is I mean, what, you always forget J.C. Jackson, one of the better corners in the league, was an undrafted free agent. You know what? We were at one point we were doing a halftime show yesterday, and there were more interceptions than touchdown passes at a certain point in the day. <laughs> That's hard to do. I mean, there's some bad. I mean, Sam Darnold's not good. Um, there's a lot of bad quarterback play. Patriots won that game 24-6 to over the Panthers. Watch Patriots. out for the Patriots. They're getting it going. You think so, huh? Oh, Just wait until the Jags go to Foxborough, Pete. My lock I want to know one thing real quick there. before we move on. Tony, yeah. did you see what Mac Jones did? Mm, yeah. yeah, he grabbed the guy so he can get the fumble. I love it. Was that – okay, because some people were trying to say that was dirty play. I didn't think it was. I think it's smart football. If you get called for a holding, who cares? It's better than running for a touchdown. It's not like he twisted his leg around, right? I mean, no, and he came lock. back in. He's just when he went back in, he hurt it again, and then he had to go out. Mm. Yeah, no, as long as he didn't try to like twist it and hurt him, like to hold him from getting a, uh, getting the fumble. Because yeah. he, let me ask you a question, Pete. 
let's say he holds him from getting the fumble and the Patriots recover it. Okay, it's offensive holding, but you still have the ball. Right. It's a smart play. Like, what, what was dirty about it? He didn't twist his I ankle. Don't know. People were trying to say it was dirty. I didn't see dirty in that play. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree. Browns and the Bengals battle of Ohio. The Browns blew him out. Nick Chubb broke free for a 70-yard touchdown in the third quarter. Jim Donovan on the Cleveland Browns radio network. Chubb the running back. Mayfield from his own 30 on second and 10. Turns, gives, Chubb runs. 30, 35, there he goes. 40, 45, 50, there he goes. 40, he's running to the river. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. Is he in the river yet? He's in the river. (laughs) And the Browns lead 30 to 10. He just hit him for 70. <laughs> Fantastic. He, uh, yeah, big day for Chubb, big day for the Browns. 41 16, the final, Pete. I thought that was a lake. No, they were in Cincinnati. Oh, that's right. He was running for the river. That's right. <laughs> the, river, yeah, that, the river that separates Kentucky and, and Ohio. It's the Ohio that's River. Right. You might have heard of it. Yes. That's right. Do you buy, do you buy the fact that? Baker Mayfield is better without Odell Beckham Jr. No, no, (laughs) no, I don't. I don't understand. No, but they they ran the ball like they they ran it down their throat all day, and that makes him a better quarterback. It's pretty simple. Baker is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? Mm, Are you winning the the Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? You can win the Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield if everything goes perfectly right. It's like. It's no different than that group we talked about, the Ryan Tannehill gang, those guys. They, everything's got to be no, perfect. Tannehill's better than Baker. Yeah, not by much, though. Oh, I disagree. Right now, you're picking teams. Two quarterbacks on the board. Baker, Ryan Tannehill. I'd take Tannehill, but it's, I mean, they're the same guys. They're all the same. No. Kirk Cousins <laughs> is in that conversation. Oh, no, look at what, look what Tannehill's doing. You're crazy. They're all the same. Well, look at his numbers. You're nuts, Pete. Nope. <laughs> Moving See, along. I, I, I think Tanny Hill's a top 10 quarterback in the league. Oh, top 10. Oh, wow. Come about on. that? He said Come it. Yeah. Is, that, is that a lock? I could name you 10 off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, go. Go. Uh, all right. Rodgers, Mahomes, Two, Wilson, three, uh, Herbert, four, Lamar Jackson, five, Josh Allen, six. Um, let me just think off the top. Is he better than Matt? He's not better than Matt Ryan. Seven. Yes, he is. No, he's not. Matt Ryan's having a great year playing with a bunch of crap around him. <laughs> you no, got th- you're three wrong. to go. Three to um, go. What'd you say? You're at seven. Who would you take, J- JP? Well, you Matt got three Ryan left. Or... I, I, I'm counting uh, Matt Ryan for you. I'm just counting. Okay. Um, I'm not going to help Dak, you. There's Dak eight. Prescott. Is he better than Derek Carr? They're the same guy. Okay. So they're. <laughs> We're at, we're at uh, Kyler nine, Murray. Ten. That's ten if you count those two. I can't believe you didn't say Tom Brady. Oh, well, there's eleven. There's eleven. I forgot him. <laughs> right. So he's pretty. He's good. not a top ten quarterback. Okay. Top fifteen. He's upper. He's top half. You only got four okay, left to get to fifteen, Pete. If you want to go further down your list, uh, Broncos over the Cowboys, thirty to sixteen. The the Dolphins and Texans both stink. Dolphins won that game, seventeen to nine. The Falcons rally to beat the Saints 27-25. And the Giants over the Raiders. Xavier McKinney with an interception, his second of the game for the Giants. Bob Papa on the New York Giants radio network. Carr wants the snap and gets it. Looks right, pumps. 
Now throws a deep ball down the right sideline. Intercepted again by Xavier McKinney at the 50-yard line, and he steps out of bounds there. Boy. Intended for Zay Jones, but McKinney with his second pick of the ball game. Big loss for the Raiders there, of course, coming off the Ruggs news this week, and, you know, that, that division's going to be tough down the stretch. Look, that was a tough trip for them with all that stuff that went on last week. It was going to be a tough trip anyways. They, they don't have Gruden. I mean, they don't have their head coach. They had that situation last week with Ruggs, a terrible, tragic situation. And now Damon Arnett was released today because he had some issues as well. They, they have problems. And give Giants credit. They played hard in that game. That was a bad throw by Derek Carr. He's got a single high safety. He doesn't hold him, and he allows him to come all the way across the field and pick that ball off. It's a bad play by Carr. Yeah, I didn't see any of the game, so I'll take your word for it. I mean, <laughs> tough loss. I mean, but tough loss. I mean, bottom line for the Raiders. Well, they, they had the ball in the seven-yard, eight-yard line. As they were moving down at the end of the game, I said to some of the guys in our green room, I said, somehow, someway, Derek Carr is going to do a Derek Carr here. And – I'll be damned if he didn't get sacked and turn the ball over. <laughs> Moving along, staying in the AFC West, the Chargers went all the way to the East Coast to get a win over the Eagles. Dustin Hopkins with a game-winning field goal for the Chargers. Isaac Lowenkron filling in on play-by-play on Alt 98-7 in Los Angeles. Dustin Hopkins in just his second game with the Chargers will attempt a 29-yard field goal with five seconds left for the lead. At the uplights to our left. Snap back, ball down, right-footed kick, clears the line. It is good! Two seconds on the clock. The Chargers take the lead, 27-24. to 24. And they got the W, 27-24. They're now 5-3, first place in that AFC West with a tiebreaker over the Raiders, Pete. So Isaac is kind of like you when Frank couldn't do the game that one day, right? In 2017, that's right, yeah. I'm not yeah, sure I remember Matt, that. Matt Money-Smith uh, not you there had to this week. Fly in there and do the game. Yes. Um, that was the Chargers getting back to being what they should be. Let that kid throw the ball around. For two games, they did. They were so predictable on offense, and they were running the ball, and they weren't allowed to play fast and free, and he did it again on Sunday. Why would you take Justin Herbert and turn him into a guy who's a game manager? It made no sense to me. I mean, the Chargers had a pretty big lead. Give Jalen Hurts and the Eagles credit, fought back, and uh, tied it up. Tied that up. was pretty much back and forth all game, though. I thought they were up by two touchdowns. No. It was the back second half. I, I think they were up two touchdowns. You go look at the numbers. No, they were. Right, I'm going to verify right now. <laughs> verify. I'll verify for you as well. It was 24-17. It was 24-10 before. It was 24-10 at one point. No, it wasn't. It was 16-10, it was 17-16 Eagles, and then it was 24-17 Chargers. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at it. The official. with me watching it. I'm sitting here looking at the official scoring. I'm looking at it right now. You didn't watch that game either, apparently. That's stupidity. It's another game you didn't watch, Tony. Chiefs over the Packers, 13-7. Of course, no Aaron Rodgers. That story blew up this week, Pete. Aaron Rodgers stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, the guy didn't get vaccinated. That was his decision. He should have dealt with the protocols. He shouldn't have lied about it. But, my God, did he get beat up in the media. Woo-wee. They would have to try to go after his sponsors. I mean, yeah. come on. Give me a break. That's what, that's what we do in today's world. We go for the, we go for the jugular. If anyone does anything 
like remotely wrong that we don't like, we are going to bury them. And, and, you know, and Twitter cesspool is the worst part of it, by the way. It, it was awful. And uh, look, they found out what life is like without them. They win that game. If Aaron Rodgers is in there, they win that game at Arrowhead. Jordan Love didn't do enough. I thought they got away. I can't believe I keep saying this. They got away from the run. They were running the ball early in that game, and they got away from it. And, and you know, they blitzed the hell out of Jordan Love. Well, you know? Matt, but Matt, Matt LaFour basically said, that, you know, that's on him. He didn't call a very good game. After I that. didn't think he called a very good game either. And they still hung around. Their defense is getting better. Young players on that defense, are, like Rashawn Gary's getting better. Um, Chris Barnes is getting better. Lowry's much improved. They've Joe Barry has really improved that defense. And uh, I think you you know him pretty well, don't you, Tony? We went to high school together, and we were college roommates. I talked to Joe last week. So he's uh, we were at each other's weddings. We are very close. His dad coached me in college. Know Joe well. Wait a second. You went to high school with Joe Barry? And college. Did he did he play? Yeah, he was. He got recruited. Uh, was like a four star. I mean, there's no stars back then, but he he was a big time recruit and linebacker. Went to Michigan with Bo Schembechler. Uh, didn't like it after his second year transferred to USC, and then was my roommate at SC. Um, sat out a year back when you had to sit out if you transfer, and then played two years and started his senior year at linebacker. I'll tell you what, he's doing a hell of a job with that defense. Yeah, I know him well. Grew up together. Cardinals over the 49ers, 31-17. Colt McCoy to James Conner for a score in the third quarter. Dave Posh on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Snap to McCoy. In trouble as he backs up, and it's a screen to the right to Conner. He's caught it at the 40. Turns right to the 30. Back to the left of the 20. Conner to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. James Conner with his third touchdown of the day. This one through the air. And the Cardinals lead at 23-7. to Pete, you believe it in the Cardinals again? Yes, that's an impressive victory for them. That was a bad spot. I, I thought without your quarterback, even if they had the quarterback, I thought it was a tough spot. And they just dominated that game from the word get-go. The 49ers have issues. And, you know, I think there's some issues there in the organization as well. I, I, this is not a good 49ers team in any way, shape, or form. What issues, Pete? In terms of the roster's within, terrible. In the, within the organization, you said they have issues. Well, I, I know. I keep hearing that from people that um, Lynch and, and Kyle are kind of button heads a little bit. Interesting. Um, you know that the the, four, uh, the 49ers have lost 10 of their last 11 games at home. Oof. They're not good on defense. I mean, that's not a good defense. That was, that's been their calling card for years is they're good defense, and they're not very good well, by it. Well, they lost their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. Yeah, they did. And, our and final... they don't have talent. About I don't care if he was a coordinator or not. They don't have talent on that defense. Our final Josh call... Corbett is playing cornerback. That's all you need to know. Our final well, call... thing is, Pete, one more thing, JP, before you say your final thing. Um, I think they're going to regret I mean, and it's early. This isn't fair. But that Trey Lance trade. Bad I, deal. Moving up, moving up for Trey Lance, you could have got him where you were, number one. Not only that, if you wanted to get some other quarterback, you could have stayed put and got another quarterback and had your draft picks. It was a bad move. I, didn't, I never understood it. But go ahead, JP. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Pete. Our final call, Texans 
or the Titans rather, flexed in primetime. Adrian Peterson in for a late touchdown last night. Ryan Radke, our good friend on Westwood One. Tannehill takes the snap. He's back. Handed off Peterson. Running off the left side. Fighting to the goal line. And he is in. Touchdown Titans. And that should do it. Adrian Peterson with a touchdown run. Puts Tennessee up 27-9 with three minutes remaining. What an effort tonight by Tennessee. The Titans, the best team in the AFC right now. And it is time for Monday Night Football. Justin Fields leads the way for the worst passing offense in football, and it's not even close. 127 yards per game through the air for the 3-5 and five Chicago Bears. They'll head to Pittsburgh, where Ben Roethlisberger has added a shoulder issue to lingering pectoral and hip injuries. Will he play? Yes, he will for the 4-3 and three Steelers. Who you got tonight at Heinz Field, Pete? Oh, the Steelers. I, I think this is going to be one of those games where their defense just dominates. Mike Tomlin's four, uh, 20 and 4 against rookie quarterbacks in his career. And two of those losses came when Ben Roethlisberger wasn't playing. They will just. I, I feel bad for Justin Fields and his offensive line tonight. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, why do I have no interest in this game? I find <laughs> the Bears not very entertaining to watch. They're not. They're, they're an awful watch. It's terrible to watch. But the Steelers, Steelers are back in the thing now. Yeah, they're going to win here. Five wins. Yeah. I mean, You're right in the wins. mix. I mean, I mean, the only team with seven wins is the Titans. No one else has six wins. Everyone has five wins. Right. They're in it. All yeah. right, guys. That's going to do it. Pete, have a good one. Tony, we'll talk to you. For Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we will catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Hard Rock Sportsbook Digital Network. 